Welcome to the 11th episode of the Game Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Thompson. Here with me are Andrew Brown and Michael Majors. And I'm gold. These guys are platinum, which is pretty dope. And we just had a pro tour. There's the Star City Games Invitational coming up this weekend in New Jersey. That is uh, half standard, half modern. And we've been playing a decent amount of standard. Uh, Majors just played in the mocks. And uh, a decent amount of modern surrounding that, trying to get ready for it, I believe... I think we're mostly going to talk about standard this weekend, maybe a little modern if we really get to it, but first I want to talk about our tournaments. So last weekend, Andrew and I participated in Grand Prix Portland, which I think was pretty nice. Got to come visit the West Coast, which I haven't been out to in a while, and Andrew lives on this coast, so I got to see him. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was nice. I, I guess we'll just hear from you first, because... I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of sick of talking, so go ahead. So I decided to play a very similar deck to yours, Jerry. I played Bant. I did not prep the mirror enough, and I didn't just prep overall enough, so I wasn't on top of my game, and I got two draws on day one. So I finished two draws. Two draws, <laughs> yeah. I, Which is double your lifetime total for unintentional draws. double my lifetime intentional draws. Unintentional draws. I didn't feel good at the end of the tournament, and then I played day two, played a bunch of mirrors, was not totally aware of everything that was going on, and I uh, I got outplayed, and then I lost, and it sucked. Did you did you try to kill your opponents, Andrew? I did try to kill my opponents. Oh, man, what a classic mistake. Yeah, mistake. Uh. <laughs> yeah, basically what we're referencing here is what Majors and I determined the best plan for the green-white tokens mirror was, which is basically just, like, don't expend your resources in an attempt to get ahead and, like, try and deal them lethal damage because it's very difficult to do that. You're going to, like, use a removal spell to clear a blocker and maybe, like, make some sort of unfavorable trades or whatever, and they're just going to untap, play, like, a Reflector Mage and a Dramokas Command, and they're going to stabilize again, you know? So I, I liked building my deck in such a way where I could play for a long game, just very reminiscent of the green-white tokens plan. Yeah, I thought my deck choice was good, but my execution was poor. It's just another lesson for me to not really go into a tournament without eating enough vegetables, aka playing the mirror. Yeah, that's legit. I mean, I I played one match of the mirror uh, with basically Luis's band deck from the Pro Tour. A few things became apparent to me pretty quickly where I was like, yes, maybe you can like nickel and dime them with flyers, but ultimately like that isn't going to yield the highest win percentage, I think. So I was just like, yep, screw these selfless spirits. I kind of want to play Elder Deep Fiend in my band deck. So I was like, well, maybe I can be green, blue, splash white instead of green, white, splash blue. And then that would open up my sideboard for a bunch of blue cards. And, and I was like, oh, then I get to play four Jace. And Jace is awesome. I like this a lot. I've actually been toying with, like you guys have seen Paul Rietzel's list with uh, zero Dramokas commands. I was getting closer and closer. I cut two commands for two stones, and for this weekend, I think I'm moving even closer towards Paul's direction. Okay. Yeah. I think, like, uh, ne- next thing that I try, I'm not going to be playing Bank Company in the near future because I've been preparing for the Invitational and I'm not going to play it there, but I'm going to kind of take his idea and play zero Dramokas command and play, like, three or four Deep Fiend main and just see how that works out. Okay, the list that I want to play... Well, okay, I'll, I'll talk about my tournament a little bit. So I got 12th. Uh, I lost to three black decks. I also beat four black decks, and I beat four mirror matches, I think. And those numbers might be slightly off because, you know, I, there were more rounds than that or whatever, and I don't remember what all I played against. But I'm pretty sure it was just Bant and black decks, which I think is worth noting for sure. But yeah, my deck had four Jace, two Nissa. Four company, four removal spells, 26 land. I did not play Lumbering Falls because I wanted my mana to be smooth. And my mana was smooth, but then there were spots against the black decks where I was like, man, I really wish I had a creature land, you know? So that is likely a mistake. I'll probably rectify that this weekend if I do play Bant. And I ended up not playing the Deep Fiends. I think that was a mistake. I think they, like, the ceiling is very high on that card, obviously. Uh, so I should have tried to get some of those somewhere in my deck. I didn't play with Ojitai's Command, which I think was also a mistake. I was trying to, like, stone the the Ishkanas and Kalidases and stuff, but I think Ojitai's Command is a really strong answer to those things. And I think I'm just stealing more technology from my green-white tokens deck where I'm just going to sideboard some Quarantine Fields. Ooh, yeah, I do like Quarantine Field a lot against the black decks. 
I, I have a lot of good ideas for Bance, but I also have majors in my ear telling me that he like re rebroke it. So I have some work to do too. I also must eat my vegetables. Oh yeah, my, my, my deck for the invitational is really nice. We can we can talk about it a little bit once we get to that subsection of the podcast, I suppose. Word. Okay, you're so just gonna, you're just gonna give it up? Dude, I give up everything. I already wrote about the modern deck I'm probably playing. Oh nice. Andrew and I both play Band Company. I think it's also important to note that we try to enter in this the the thing that is called the the seventy five karma where buck fifty karma <laughs> majors wants to to re up and do buck fifty karma which is you know <laughs> if if you play in a tournament with someone with the exact same seventy five as them you have a lot to talk about obviously and I think you just naturally end up helping each other you become more invested in each other's success and you get to talk about like oh how did I sideboard or like you know this is the situation that came up what would you do and blah 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 and with, with me and Andrew, I found that, like, we're talking to each other because we're friends and stuff, but our decks were, like, different enough that, you know, not ended up, we didn't talk in strategy all that much. I guess that's fine. I mean, I just got to BS with Andrew a little bit, which is obviously awesome, but I do like what happens when you have the 75 karma, you know? It is really cool. I definitely agree with that. Uh, I've only done that uh, a couple times, but every time it's been definitely rewarding in terms of uh, getting better and uh, recognizing your mistakes and where you can improve it when sideboarding so majors buck 50 karma this weekend what do you think i mean i've already i've already laid down what i'm what i got so you okay. gotta say yes or no well i'm on there I, i'm i'm working on it okay okay right, i need I to it. i need to clean up your modern deck a little bit i think yeah well that's how this relationship works you clean up my modern deck and then everything's fine is this yep. is this like the grixis bedlam reveler deck no, I wish that deck was playable. Me too. The deck itself is great, I think. I honestly do. But if Dredge is a factor, then it's just not a thing that you can be doing. What if you just jam four Leyline in your sideboard? Well, you could do that, but like they, they also just have Nature's Claim, and you're going to lose game one, so... Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think like devoting four Leylines is actually going to make your matchup favorable. It means you're going to like lose a heartbreak in game three. Likely, yeah. So, Bant is very good. It was my first time playing it. Uh, I did a lot of stuff kind of differently than what other people were doing, and Paul Rietzel did too. I think this is just an indicator that, you know, this archetype is not as set in stone as I think other people thought, you know? Because you see, like, Devin Kepke winning the Open with the self spirits and everything, and then, like, the majority of people copy those decks or make slight, slight tweaks on those decks. And Paul and I were both doing, like, kind of radical stuff, and we both did pretty well, so I don't know. I mean... I went 4-0 in the mirror, which I think is, like, insane, because I don't think there's ever been a deck where I, like, 4-0'd Bant in a tournament. But, yeah, I, I do like the Bant deck a lot. I will play some with Major's deck, and I don't know. I think I think that deck is definitely not dead and has a lot of a lot of tools that you can use and, like, customize your deck and stuff. Yeah. So you guys both played Days Undoing, right? Yes. How, how was that? I Jerry, did you cast it at all? Andrew, did you cast it I at all? I did cast oh, it. Oh, no. No, I don't like the way this is going at all. You you did cast it? How was it? It was fantastic. Awesome. Yes. I love to hear that. Yeah. It was actually on camera, too. Um, it's in the uh, my second feature match, if you want to go watch that. But I cast it against a four-color merge deck, and he's just got, like, Haunted Amalgams in there. And I I just reflected a Deep Fiend, and then I just shuffled everything back, and it was fantastic. Oh, that is glorious. Uh, I played against Rob Santana, the dude who won the tournament in round 14 and he was the one that actually knocked me out and i only brought in one against him but he he did a really good job of like disguising which deck he was too because in game one he's kind of getting beat up and he like ends up playing a pilgrim's eye i think and just like doesn't get a mountain and i just haven't seen a red source so i'm like okay so he's like a green black delirium deck but like i guess he has Mindbender in his deck because he has pilgrim's eye or Maybe it's just an artifact for Emrakul. I don't know. So I didn't know that he was like Brad's deck for sure. So I only brought in the one and then I didn't draw it. I, I won game one too. And then uh, game two, the jig was up. I brought in the second one. I just never drew it and it would have been insane. And then in the very last round against Andrew's teammate, I believe, Mark Jacobson. Mm -hmm. So I win game one against him also. He's playing normal Green Black Delirium, which I don't think that Days Undoing is great against. I decided that if we go to game three, I am definitely bringing them both in just because I have not cast it yet, and I would really like to do that. <laughs> I guess Love it. the uh, the thousand dollar match science experiment. Oh, it was like seven fifty, right? Because loser gets two fifty or something. So sure. 
Dude, I mean, if you went through the effort of, like, saying, I got this sweet tech, and you never cast it during the tournament, that's just so disappointing. Agreed. So, gets to a spot where I, I jace on, like, turn four, and I'm just like, eh, I, I got a bunch of stuff. I probably won't need this day's undoing, so we pitch that, and he's just, like, you know, raised eyebrows or whatever. Yeah, play some companies. I'm in a pretty good spot. He ends up stabilizing at one life, but I also company at end of turn when we each have two creatures, but I miss. <laughs> So then I untap, uh, I have a Jason 8, a tracker and an advocate, he also has a tracker and advocate, two clues, two cards in hand. I'm just like, well, I'm going to start my turn by cracking my clue. You know, we're going to do that. So I draw a Jace, now my hand is just Jace, and my graveyard has a company and the, the Days Undoing <laughs> or whatever. So I'm like, well, realistically, I should just cast Collected Company, but I also just like only have one Reflector Mage left in my deck, because my draw was awesome and I had three Reflector Mages. So I'm just like, no, I, I didn't come here all this way and put Days Undoing for nothing. <laughs> days Undoing in my deck for nothing, right? So I just play the Jace, flashback to Days Undoing, and pass the turn, and it's just like, all right, new game, let's go. I'm at 20, or yeah, I'm at 20 year at one. So he untaps, does some stuff, and then I untap and just kill him. I get to like Tommy O, tap some creatures, and whatever. Nice. So that was my last game of the tournament, cast it against an opponent that I should definitely not have cast it against. And I, I respect that. Thing. I don't know, man. Sounds, sounds like it worked out pretty well. <laughs> I mean, it did work out. Uh, it was not correct, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> something I do want to talk about is our lack of selfless spirit. Were you generally happy with that or unhappy with that? Oh, super happy. Yeah, me too. Selfless Spirit is good in the mirror in that it can protect some stuff from Dromoka's command, and it makes combat for them really difficult, and it, it combos with Avacyn if you're playing that, but I don't know, it just, it, it feels like so low impact, because the game eventually gets to a point where, like, someone has a Spell Queller in play, and then, like, the 2-1 is kind of blank, or if they're playing, like, Paul's deck, they just don't even have Dromoka's command, you know? Yeah. So you just have, you have this Welkin turn, or whatever. Also, just not dying to Liliana is just the best. Yeah. Absolutely. None, none of my things died to Liliana. I mean, Liliana definitely like neutered all my creatures, but I, I think that's something that you can kind of try and work around, although I did lose to a fair amount of Liliana ultimates. You guys never ran into any problems, and like, obviously you performed well against the Bant Mirror, Jerry, but like, in my experience, Selfless Spirit was always very good in all the creature mirrors, because eventually it gets to the point where one person can attack very profitably, and or block very profitably, I guess I should say. And then if you can't break through the Selfless Spirit, then eventually the card advantage engines just come online. But like, well, they... what creature mirror besides Bant? I mean, that's, that's definitely the most predominant one, but I don't know if you guys ever played against humans or anything like that. No, we didn't. I had a bunch of Gnarlwood Dryads in my sideboard yeah, that didn't I, do anything. I played against humans once. I guess I drew Linvala, so that was pretty good, but... <laughs> it just always seemed like Selfless Spirit was a very big breaker in those kinds of, like, creature bogged-down blocking mirrors. It is, for sure, but it's not like you can't stabilize unless you have a Selfless Spirit, and obviously their job is to make it so you don't get traction, and if you don't have a decent board position, then the Selfless Spirit becomes much weaker, and... Yeah, I, I agree with all those things. It just seems like, you know, something worth talking about. Yeah, it's good. I just don't think it's entirely necessary. And sure. those decks also just kind of don't really exist right now. Again, the Bant Mirror was just me having Planeswalker advantage kind of at all times. And then I would try to not die to the Tappy Tappy Angel. Ooh, yeah. Okay. That, did, that, did a lot of your opponents play Subjugator Angel? Yeah, that card oh, yeah. wrecked me. No, that, that card looked pretty good, actually. That's interesting. I, I mean, obviously, I saw it in Luis's sideboard at the Pro Tour, but wasn't sure if that would catch. I'm, I'm not sure. That, I'm not sure that it's better than Deep Fiend, though. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's better than Deep Fiend in the mirror. Really? Because like I you get into these like board stalls where like you you guys both have Dusk Watches, right? And like they're just more priced in into using it infinitely just to find the Angel, which will definitely kill you. Where Elder Deep Fiend will not definitely kill you. I don't know, man. But isn't if, Deep Fiend just like a retrump to Subjugator Angel though? It is. Which I think is awesome. Uh, I mean, the mirrors where I got into a, a, a board stall, like, it didn't matter if I had Deep Fiend or not. But, I mean, that, that could just be my small sample size. But from what it felt like, Subjugator was the trump and Elder Deep Fiend was still good, but not, like, I win the game good. So all I tried to do was, if it was clear that they were, like, digging for Angel or they were opposed to trading, which makes sense if they have Angel in their deck, then I would try to start making trades, just try and clean up the board a little bit and make it so that their Angel would not necessarily be lethal, or if it was lethal, that I could cast, like, a Collected Company or a Dramocus Command and just, like, sandbag one or two of those, which is basically what happened. Uh, there were also games where, like, one of my opponents just played, like, 
you know, some things, and then an avocet, and then a subjugator angel, and it was just like, I can't beat two giant flyers, you know? Mm. So, I think if the game goes long, though, you there are ways to w- work around it, you know? Sure. And again, I am a uh, Bant Mirror novice, so... I, I, oh, I, I, was, I, I was picking it up on the fly, man, but go ahead, Mike. <laughs> I, I was just saying, I, I really want to try, like... Like I was saying, like the three or four Deep Fiend version and maybe even like one Avacyn if I don't go all the way on Deep Fiends, just like those cards seem sweet. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about the opening hands and like what they're going to look like, which is why I built my deck the way I did. But obviously I was lacking in some power, so there needs to be uh, a compromise somewhere, you know. But it, my my hands were always just like my mana's great and I have a bunch of like cheap spells, you know, which is what I wanted. Yeah. I don't know, it, it still feels like you can just, like, even if your hand's a little clunky, you can use your first deep fiend just, like, to catch up, and then you, like, land a company, and then you're just, like, way ahead. I don't know. Yeah, we were talking about this, too, and it's like, man, if I want to go hard on deep fiend in my company deck, like, does that mean that I'm supposed to play, like, Cryptolith Right and we don't want Dramokus Command, and I, I'm kind of low on Spell Queller, too, at this point. Uh, it was a card that I sideboarded out frequently. Does that mean that we just want to do, like, the Sadisi's Faithful and just, like, have some more, you know, like, Primal Druid or whatever? Like, are we kind of getting into, into that territory? I mean, I, I definitely tested a deck for the Pro Tour that was Bant Company with Sadisi's Faithful, Primal Druid, Fallen Emissary, Deep Fiend. So, you know, don't don't test me. Wow, man. Primal Druid is hot. Yeah, it dude, is. Primal Druid's great. I'm going to be playing at the Invitational. Spoiler. Okay, so, yeah, Bant's, Bant's got a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, it's really good, right? And... The only other deck I believe I played against at the tournament were just black decks. I played against some black white, some black green, uh, Jund. Well, I guess I guess uh, JC's deck was like Abzan. He had yeah. some planeswalkers or whatever. Did, but... uh, did you beat him? No, J- JC annihilated me. Yes, his deck was his deck is really really good. Dude, he played so good and just like walked me into like all this like in hindsight kind of obvious stuff. But it was like I, I had cards where I could like still stabilize, I think. Not stabilize, but just like make it so he couldn't like emblem Liliana and kill me. But he, he just played circles around me, man. It was gross. I don't know, man. It's definitely an honor playing with him. But yeah, like he came up with the deck on like Tuesday. We were in our little hangout session, like every night, and he was just playing against people on Moto and just annihilating people. Just going like fifteen and three, fifteen and five in the leagues and stuff, and I I, I kind of feel dumb not for playing his deck, but uh, it was uh, definitely really sweet. Yeah, uh, he he ended up starting nine zero. Yeah, which is not surprising, but then kind of burned out towards the end, similar to me. But yeah, black decks have a lot of options. You know, there's just black green delirium, uh, black white control. I think is also reasonable. That made the finals. Jun won the tournament, and I, I don't know. It just seems like. These decks are, like, decent against Bant. They have the disruption to fight the Emrakul decks. Uh, might be a little weak to, like, red-blue burn. But what do you guys think about these? I think Liliana is very powerful and just one of the best things you can be doing. Turn three on the play. Yep. And you're just yeah. going to win a lot of games just playing Protect the Queen, basically. And that's probably the biggest draw to the deck. Yep. And then, in Black-White's case, and I suppose the reason that uh, JC decided to be Abzan is that Gideon is probably the best, like, anti-Emrakul card in the format, I guess. And uh, I, I think it's pretty easy to game against the blue-red Visions decks. Like, there are a couple key cards that you can just put in your sideboard that can just stonewall them completely. Yeah, I saw um, Peace of Mind in the sideboard. Uh, oh, snap. Of some decks in uh, Rimini or Rimini. And that just seems like the the good games right there. <laughs> nice thermo alchemist. Yeah, man, I was I was like pretty high on Noose Constrictor, but if you, if you have white mana, like that card's obviously great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> great is an interesting way of describing it, but dude, that, that's just game. yeah. That that's just that's kind of just game against them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess they're like forced to like flip thing in the ice to have a chance at that point. Well, some of them are just like cutting the things and the Jaces for like Storm Chaser Mage. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. They're just super dead. Yeah, yeah that, that's <laughs> very, that very exciting to see uh, Peace of Mind versus Fevered Visions. It's just like a classic matchup right there. Yeah. Just some it is. 2002 sure. kind of sideboarding. <laughs> yeah, but overall, like I, I think the Blue Red Visions decks are just going to be a flash in the pan just because um, it's easy to catch someone with their pants down. But if it is a known quantity, people will start devoting like three to four cards in their sideboard to it. And then uh, that's when it will fall out of favor. But, you know, standard cyclical, so it could pop up again. Yeah, for sure. So, Majors, stack rank the black decks from top to bottom. Shun Delirium, Black White Control, Black Green Delirium. Andrew? Tough one. I, I really don't like the Jun Delirium deck. 
Um, I would definitely put reverse order. So black green, then black white, then Jund. <laughs> oh, I think black. I think black green's just unplayable. I completely disagree. But like, it's not. It's not unplayable. But I think it is hot medium. It's pretty hot medium. But there's just no room for hot medium when you're mind slaving and wrathing your opponent's board for eight mana. The whole like mind bender and Kozlek's return in my deck thing. Like, there's like a little bit of like deck building. What am I doing going on there? Absolutely not. The Mindbender triggers the yeah, character, yeah, and then you have a Mindbender, they have no board, and probably no hand, right? And then if you Emrakul them, if you play, like, another thing that K returns, like, A, if it's another Mindbender, you can just sack the first Mindbender and just, like, play it on the cheap and then play a bunch of other stuff. Or if you're playing Emrakul, you don't necessarily care about the 5-5. Five five. Like, I, I agree that it's, like, not all of your cards work perfectly together, but I don't think that that necessarily has to be the case. Sure. Also, where is Cat Pact on your guys' lists? Negative um, 5. I... I love everything about it, and mad respect to the dude for top eighting with it. But I assume it's not very good. Okay. I, I saw it on, on camera, so I watched a lot of coverage this weekend, and I saw it beat up a lot of like the black green X decks. But I think the black green X decks are just not that great. I, I look forward to the the day, like the maybe the last Grand Prix before the format rotates or something, where you just like you're like kind of off it. You play cat packed and just like beat Dan Ward in top eight. There's no more would be a lot standard of grand prix. <laughs> I, with this I, I know that's what you told me, but like, really? Maybe. Yeah, I know. It's so sad. End. I'm upset. That's super weird. It is. It is very strange. I do need to pick out the next enchantment that I beat Dan Ward. With. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like if you watch the top eight match, we, we had a pack deck going in before the pro tour. And uh, the reason like we were kind of off it is because like, Oh, Emrakul exists and your your matchup against Bant really isn't like super good anyway. So it, you know, it's like all the games are tight. It could fall either way, and that's ultimately why we didn't like continue playing it. But definitely a fine choice for a Grand Prix because some people don't really know how to play against it. So if you want to play that at the Invitational or something, you can do that. You sound so enthused in suggesting that people play this at the Invitational. <laughs> Now the cat is out of the bag, haha, right? Like, they, they know the list, they know what to expect, and people are, might not actually test against it, but they're, like, going through the things where it's like, okay, so he's got Oath of Chandra to protect his thing from Dramoka's command, so that sucks. Like, maybe command isn't good against him. Oh, but wait, he can only win with Donate, and Dramoka's command is target player sex and enchantment, so I can just, like, keep mana open, you know? Also, the caterpillar yeah. is nice. <laughs> this happened on, on coverage, right? Where it's like, oh, well, like, this deck's a, a three-color traverse the Uvenwalds, like, toolbox deck. Like, let's see if he has any way to kill an artifact or enchantment or whatever. And it's like, oh, no, he just doesn't. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that might change going forward. I think people might play a Caterpillar or something. Yeah, um, yeah. our black-green deck at the Pro Tour had Liliana Caterpillar, which is a, that's a combo right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I will say the pilot did, so I watched probably like three or four of his matches because obviously coverage was very high in this deck for you know obvious reasons. The pilot did a, a really nice job of like playing around Emrakul and like donating his pack very aggressively. So, oh yeah, just like letting them get a couple modes off it too. Yep. Yeah, that's that's really sweet. I do like that. So there are ways around it. It's not just like oh you know you sit around trying to milk this pack and you just get killed or whatever. Like there are there are things. He did say that he played like over a hundred matches on Magic Online with it too. Yeah, I believe it. He was like you know petitioning for no value, no no spell mastery, just like super aggressively and just like setting up. So that's awesome. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. Kudos. So what else? Uh, black decks are good, but kind of mopey, not super exciting. Is that is that basically what we settled on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Travis's Oath of Liliana's looked really good. Yeah. And wouldn't be surprised if that was kind of the standard moving forward for black-white. Yeah, JC yeah, also love- had that in his deck, and I was uh, really impressed with it. Um, I love Oath of Liliana. Yeah, great card. Can we talk about JC's deck a little bit? Because I actually don't know a ton about it. I just looked through the top 32 deck list trying to find it and did not. So it is essentially a black-green deck that has four Oath of Nyssa in it. It has uh, the full eight creature lands and Sylvan Advocate. So it's got this like double game plan of like staying ahead with Planeswalkers. He has Gideon, Soren, Obnixilis, and Flip Nyssa and Oath of Liliana. He like tries to get ahead with like Planeswalkers, use Languish, control the board, and then... Um, his end game, I, I often saw his end game a lot of just like he has an advocate out and then he's just like attacking with these like four four and four five like shambling vents and hissing quagmires and it's uh, it's pretty good. He was like kind of delirium y, right? Because he, he played like a dead weight against me too. Yeah, pseudo delirium. He had some Ishkanaz, some traverses, but I'm not 
I'm not sure exactly on his numbers, but uh, okay. something like that. So did he have Emrakul? He did not have Emrakul in his deck. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So I'm assuming he played like 27, maybe even 28 lands. Cause it no, I think like he played 26 lands tapped. because he had a six, he had a three Nissa Vastwood Seer in his deck. Also, okay. just has like Oath of Nissa and Traverse. Yeah, Oath of Nissa so. and Traverse too. Yeah, okay. So he could cheat point. on lands while like playing Soren in his deck. It still seems like a little clunky to me, just to go out of the way to support all those creature lands. Yeah, it was. It's a little bit clunky, but I mean, he surprised a lot of people. I, I actually saw some people cast Infinite Obliteration on him, naming Emrakul and being very sad. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, I, after I played against him, I definitely did. I could not have like listed his deck list, right? I probably would have put him closer to just normal green black delirium with maybe like a Soren or something. Like I don't know what he had white for at the time, right? Yeah, and he like he never cast like a Gideon against me or anything. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. He also has access to like anguish on making. I think that card's in a pretty good place right now, given that there's like fevered visions and Liliana's winning the game. Yeah, that's fair. All right, uh, red blue. I think that kind of if people just like decide to get as aggressive as they possibly can, depending on their deck in this matchup, then they will start to see more favorable results. Yeah, just try and race, right? Yeah, just just view them as like a combo deck and just try to kill them. Yeah, so I like my news constrictors. I like the idea of peace of mind, even though it's super narrow, mm -hmm. but it definitely does just beat this deck straight up. I did think that it could could be a deck post PT that shows up to beat the Emrakul decks, but like oddly enough, there were not a lot of Emrakuls in portland and i'm not sure what the metagame breakdown for romini was actually like but there were certainly zero emeralds in the top eight yeah the uh, and then everyone bands. also picked up this deck so i don't know i i watched it a few times i sat next to it and basically every time i sat next to it it was just get, getting beaten up by band so yep I, I i think it has a really hard time just beating any pressure plus Dermaka's command so it doesn't really surprise me yep all right so now michael gets to talk about his decks emerge emeral stuff things um, so basically, I'm just assuming nothing dramatic changes in the next 72 hours or whatever. I'm going to be playing a Teamer Emrakul deck at the Invitational, which kind of just like blends all the elements I like from like Owen's deck and uh, my old deck slash Andrew's deck. <laughs> just playing like CDC's Faithful and Primal Druid and being like a really dedicated ramp deck. And I even have a couple copies of Shrine the Forsaken Gods. Yeah, I'm just going to Emrakul some people and draw some cards off Wretched Griff and see how it goes. One of my friends, WotC member Ben Hayes, was uh, at Portland also, and he was playing in some side events. And he took one of Major's shells for black-blue Emrakul in Modern. And we were kind of like working on that a little bit. And one of our friends suggested Eldrazi Temple. And it's like, oh, well, we have like all these blue cantrips and like black cards. And like we're trying to cast Liliana and stuff. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah, well, maybe we could get away with two. And then one of Ben's friends was like, if you're not playing four, you're not trying. <laughs> okay. So and then he was like, okay, you're right. So then he played with four, and they were just awesome. Funny story. I actually talked to Ben right after that. I took a picture of his deck list, and I, I played three leagues of Modern with, with that deck yesterday with some changes to it. Yeah? How'd it go? It's pretty... It's okay for you to say it's unplayable. It's pretty good but there are definitely some random cards that can beat you up pretty bad. Like, I played against a Scavenging Ooze and lost the game immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and it still gets hit by all the random graveyard hate. Not not Cage, right? It's just like, if you get Ley Lines, you're dead, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I changed the sideboard and the main deck. I put in Underground River as well as Eldrazi Temple, and I put Thought Not Seer and Reality Smasher in my sideboard. I remember at one point you had Thought Not Seer and Tarmogoyf. I bet those Tarmogoyfs didn't work out against Graveyard Hate. Uh, yeah, I also had Tarmogoyf um, in my sideboard, too. I put, like, an Overgrown Tomb in my main deck, and uh, I also put some Abrupt Decays in the sideboard, too. Yeah, still gets hit by all the Graveyard Hate. It was definitely fun. Uh, I got to Emrakul, my Eldritch Evolution opponent, and then I made him Eldritch Evolution into a Spellskite into Kill Himself nice that's cool i sacked everything to a ravager that was nice did he did he peel the ravager no he just didn't sacrifice mm. it that's oh, that's no. classic magic I, right there you should have just lied to us i didn't lie i mean he, he just didn't do it but yeah no you should have lied yeah yeah yeah. i'm saying you should have lied and oh. like yeah i peeled the ravager and just got him oh no no, but I mean, I, I made some other adjustments to the deck. I added Brain Maggot. I think that was a pretty good one. And uh, for Tribals, you have 
Nameless Inversion and Bitter Blossom. For Enchantment, you have Bitter Blossom and Brain Maggot. And then for Artifact, you have Artif- Architects of Will. I-, I really love the idea, but what ended up happening is just like, you kind of spin your wheels too much, just like cycling your cards, and then sometimes Emrakul's not good enough. But I, I love the yeah, deck idea, and it's it. sweet, but... If you want to well, see the, the very raw list, it is up in the article that I wrote uh, Tuesday on StarCityGames.com. So oh, okay. check that out if you want. What, what was the quickest you emerald someone? Uh, I emerald somebody on turn five. Yes. Um, ben, ben hit him on turn four. Really? Yeah. What do you go, like Thought Scour, Dude, Cycle was, Architects it, of Will? It, it was just the, it was the temples, yeah. <laughs> he was just like these are great yeah oh yeah. i was also really i added liliana the last hope to my deck that card is fantastic in modern yeah it's in the list oh ben, ben had veil because he was having trouble uh discarding or like getting certain card types in his graveyard yeah i uh, added a I collective brutality which is actually pretty nice yeah he had those in his sideboard those should probably be main deck there's two in the list that i sent him originally Okay. I, I think I think that card is excellent. I also wrote probably 300 words about that. So yeah, I'm just shamelessly plugging my article right now. But you're just way ahead of the curve, Michael. I mean, I just think of everything. I don't know what to tell you. Well, what what about these emerge decks? So like Oliver Tomiko top aided with it was close to Andrew's deck, right? Did he have Shaman or no? Was it he had Primal Druid? Yeah, he, he had Primal Druid. Yeah, but did he have Shaman? Sorry, I don't think so. Anyway, so what's what's the difference between these decks? Why? Why is one better than the other? Like, what are you liking? Like, what has changed to make you like other stuff? What's going on? So, so basically, I do think that there is an issue inherently with, like, the hard combo Emrakul decks, the way they're constructed right now. And that's something I try to mitigate a bit by adding Primal Druid to my deck. Like, this this leaning towards, like, Gnarlwood Dryad or maybe, like, some other incidental, like, small creatures like Hangerback Walker to try to, like, turtle up and you know achieve delirium faster and get more card types in your graveyard like primal druid kind of does the same thing where it buys you a bunch of time but at the same time it's it's ramping you directly and when you already have like nissus pilgrimage in your deck and uh once you add primal druid then it's really easy to get up to seven or eight physical lands which makes shrine the forsaken gods turn on which is basically an eldrazi temple and it lets you cast emrakul for eight mana pretty easily or like once you get seven physical lands, you can cast Elder Deep Fiend Hardcast, which is really powerful for buying you time into Emrakul. So, like, I've just gone a little bit harder on the ramp, but I'm still, like, an Emerge deck at heart. Are you... How, how many Sanctum of Ugans are you playing? Zero. Hmm. Interesting. Shrine instead. I, I think that's reasonable when you just have a bunch of fatties already. Yeah, like, you're not trying to just, like... So, so, like, the, the deck you played at the Pro Tour was, like, very much, like, this, like, not a tempo deck, but you're trying to, like, lock your opponent yeah, by, it's like, like, setting a up in a defeating. Mid, mid-range combo deck. Yeah. So, like, this this deck at heart and, and many of the other decks are Emrakul decks at heart. We were trying to just, like, buy time, Emrakul them repeatedly or whatever. So, like, just being able to play Emrakul turn faster is a lot more powerful than having the extra threat density, I think. So, it looks like Oliver played... Basically, like the Eureka version, which I assume is just the Majors version from the okay, Pro Tour. So he had like uh, three Ishkanas and stuff. Yeah, he had three Ish, one Emrakul, two Traverse, only three Jace. I'm, I think I'm fine with that. I'm not actually playing Jace, even though it's super powerful in the deck. Okay. Uh, for for then, me specifically, like I have to play a ton of Forest to support Nessus Pilgrimage, and at that point, it's really hard to get like Jace on turn two. I think I only have like ten blue sources in my deck, so. Yeah, that's legit. I mean, you basically need, like, all untapped lands and traverse in your deck to actually make that possible. Yep. Oh, actually, I, I realized this in between our two shows last week and this week. I gotta make fun of you, Andrew. You had so few green sources in your deck. Mmm, 13. Oh, in my Pro Tour deck? Yeah. I guess so. It's just crazy. You had 13. I counted. I guess. I'm sorry, I had, to get, I had to get that out of my system. It's been bothering <laughs> me. Uh, I, I did pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not hating. It's just I, I wouldn't, I, I couldn't bring myself to register a deck like that with 13 green sources. Look, I'm all in on uh, crazy stuff, man. Oliver top eighted. He has 14. Ugh, gosh. You changed your deck at the Pro Tour. Like you made it more like mid rangey. Like try and beat the stuff. I'm just trying to. Yeah, like, yeah. I get it, but like I don't know. There's just some rules of magic that I can't bring myself to break, and like just. You need reasonable mana bases on paper. Look, I suck at math. Listen, looking, <laughs> looking at Oliver's deck, he has he has uh, fourteen green, also fourteen blue, 
is only playing three Jace, and he has two Traverse, which can allow him to backdoor a green source into a blue source. So these numbers are definitely not correct either, because he has six forest, three islands, you know? And it's like, obviously you need double blue because he has four Deep Fiend, but you, you should still technically have more green sources than blue sources in this deck yeah like seven two makes a lot more sense there the the rug deck that i'm talking about even i mean it has two elder deep feet in the deck but even with only nine blue sources you have pilgrim's eye and primal druid to try to get there and also a bunch of the you know vessel of nascency and grapple of the past and things along those lines and traverse since you're more of like a griff deck than a deep fiend deck i think it's acceptable yeah i mean magic is hard like you, you have to fit like all these sanctum of Ugins. like he also has a, a third color in kozilek's return so he's got like the mountain the shivan reefs uh he found room for like a cinder glade which may or may not be right because he has 12 other non-basics i don't know mm -hmm. but yeah dude it, magic is hard building mana bases is hard that that was the thing that i spent the most time on for my band deck you know i think i just went like too hard in the direction of like my mana is now good but i did not get enough utility out of my lands yep yeah uh, i do want to talk specifically about like the red green and Merkle decks i've that's kind of where i started initially because uh on paper they looked the best to me like just being able to play like some cheap interaction like fiery impulse most of like the hard ramp elements and then you just like emercool them or whatever but uh i don't know the, the decks just didn't play out as as well as i thought they would i don't think they're very good just like i think you're giving up a lot by not having like the kind of mid-game velocity of emerge creatures being able to trigger your cosalix returns so like your k returns are a lot weaker and it feels like you're like very all in on emercool like I even lost a game where I was playing against green-white tokens, and I, like, resolved Emrakul on turn 8, my opponent just made Ormondal, and I couldn't win the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what am I doing? Like, this is just embarrassing. I think I had that happen, or, like, that situation could have come up, but I think I had enough stuff where I could, like, chump with spiders and, like, race them or something. It was stupid. My, my opponent just never attacked me. I just couldn't break through. I don't know. I, I just think, like... Uh, this this kind of goes back to what we had talked about previously, like with these emerge decks sometimes being a little too linear. And I think the red green deck is too linear in the other direction. Yeah, absolutely. I, so I, I kind of was in the same boat as you. I think I started with the red green decks, or at least I moved on to them pretty quickly after I was playing with Owen's deck. And I, I wasn't like, oh, Owen's deck sucks. Like, let's move on. It was like, OK, I've learned all that I can learn here, I think. So let's move on. And I was just like, okay, these decks are, like, faster. You can have Pilgrimage and have it be great. You can have Hedron Archive, Hedron Crawler. If you want to play that in a field of Lilianas, it's kind of risky, but whatever. You can play Shaman main deck. Like, you can basically just be the faster Emrakul deck and hope that that works out. Uh, and I was, I was playing a bunch of those. And, yeah, man, I, I basically found the same stuff as you where it's like, yeah, you're kind of good at, like, doing this thing, but you are so one-dimensional and different problems kept coming up where I was just like, okay, like, th this is kind of what I need the world breaker for. And like, okay, this blue red thing like beats the crap out of me. So I kind of need news constraint and I'm just like solving these problems. But it's just like, if I just had a deck that was capable of doing other stuff, I wouldn't need to put like specific things in my deck to solve problems. And I think Deep Fiend just kind of does that. Yeah. And also Deep Fiend has the benefit of just like beating the absolute crap out of the red green deck. That is also true. And, yeah, I wish I just had Deep Fiend in my band deck. I think we're just going to play Deep Fiend in all our decks. Shocking. Deep Fiend's a great these, card. These sideboards all look pretty weird still. I'm, I'm still looking at Oliver's deck. He just has, like, the two Smashers, extra Sanctum, extra Emical, extra Obligator, extra Lashweed, or first Lashweed Lurker, I guess. Two Dismissal, two Negate, one Surgery. I saw him Surgery a Crush Ooh, uh, nice. that, he was, that he was probably going to lose to, so that was a pretty big game. And then he has three Fiery Impulse, one Kiora. And it's like, well, these Impulses aren't really castable. Kiora is good. Andrew's really smart. And then I don't even know if any of this other stuff does anything. Yeah, it sounds like he mostly just worked off the uh, Eureka Tremerge deck. And yes, I, I will also add that Kiora has been quite good. So props to Andrew Hell, on that one. Hell yeah. Dude, man, I just love me some Planeswalkers. I actually, like, I, I tried your, like, you know, Shaman the Forgotten Ways Kiora thing in my sideboard and actually found that Shaman wasn't necessary, but Kiora is just good by herself, so... Yep. Uh, I had a, had a few people watching my matches because I had a lot of friends from Wizards that came down to the GP and they're, they're kind of commenting on the state of the game and stuff. And it was just like, you know, after the fact, it was just like, man, it seemed like the person who had the most Planeswalkers won. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you guys are doing your job, I guess. Yep. You know, yeah, like that's... that is that is kind of what magic is. And I, I think my band deck was pretty good for that. And I think this deck is pretty good at just like, keeping the board clear and taking over, which is like big, powerful stuff. And 
I'm not sure what kind of mood I'm in for this weekend. I'm not sure what I'm really trying to do. Dude, 150 Karma. Join me. Abzan and Teamer. Just yeah. All, all five colors. Just beautiful. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that is that is true. And two green decks to truly yeah. represent what is best in Magic. Yep, exactly. So we kind of have all of our bases covered. Yeah, I don't know. I need to play with this deck. This deck looks tough, and I'm pretty stupid. So yeah, can we uh, can we talk about the force the four color emerge decks for a second? Because like they did, yeah, for sure, they did really really well at the start of Portland, but like they fell off near near the end. Um, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's like the uh, amalgam haunted dead all in oh. on deep fiend traverse. Deck. Oh, we we know. Yeah, we know. Uh, we, we, we know, Andrew. <laughs> we we built these decks before the pro tour too. Really. Yeah, because it, it was like once once majors found the like grapple with the pass, gather the pack, K return stuff, you know. Then it was just like, okay, well, uh, maybe we don't need to emerge on turn four. So it was just like, I wonder if we could just like emerge off haunted dead, and it's like, ooh, amalgam and all this self mill stuff, and then we were just like, yeah, we we're going kind of nuts. Yeah, I mean, like the deck is great, but the the thing I keep seeing is like it is nearly impossible to pilot correctly. Last night I tried it with JC and like both of us together were still playing it at a medium minus level and just <laughs> getting demolished. Yeah, yeah. You, you you can play four color merge at like a fifth grade level or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think the deck is super tough. Um, my actually my biggest issue and this is kind of because I try to build like tons of soul tie decks in this format and they're just like the mana bases are horrible. Like there's just no way to build a logical soul tie deck that like. This is getting a little off track, but like, especially like if I wanted to support like Languish or something, and like you only you, you always end up with like incidentally like ten or eleven blue sources. It just doesn't work. Yeah, it's tough. Like, uh, just cracking and evolving wilds was a trying time. Like, I listen. I I think you should just not play Mountain at least in your main deck. I think I think that alleviates a lot of issues. Yes, yeah. We we had the Mountain in the sideboard, um, which I Smart. think is a. Uh, that's definitely a thing going forward everybody should do. But it compounds other issues, like, ugh, I don't know. It just makes it more simple, I think. <laughs> it just, like, gives you training wheels and stuff, what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, you're just like, okay, I will never get Mountain or have Mountain in my hand. This will be another land, potentially a dual land, so then you get two extra sources in other places. Uh, I also think it's possible that the deck should just have, like, more lands than most, because... You know, you're you're not really keying off, like, oh, how many cards do I have in my hand? You just need to, like, make your land drops and have the correct mana, and then, like, whatever excess cards you have, you can just ship to Haunted Dead or whatever. Oh. I feel like the, the people that were playing, like, 20 lands in this deck are just kind of missing the point. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I also think people should be playing Collective Brutality in this deck. Yeah, I like that card. That's it's a, especially good, good against Band Company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially, like, if you're going down this no-mountain path, then it gives you another out to discarding K-Returns. Yeah, I played against Spirits with that Sultai deck uh, that I played in the first open that was, like, Haunted Dead, uh, Amalgam, whatever. And he played some two-drop, maybe a Selfless Spirit or something, and I was like, all right, Brutality, discard Haunted Dead, discard... Amalgam, like kill that, get your declaration in stone, nug you for two, and it was just like, yeah, this now I'm just all set up, you know, and it was just the one card. Yeah, that that, that card is just really good. I, I don't really know how to say it any other way. All right, so eh, should we work on the four color one, or are we just like spider better than random black cards? I think prize amalgam haunted dead is powerful, but like it's not really like progress progressing your game plan in like another manner that's necessary, like. You can still, like, contain the board pretty well with, like, faster K-Returns off, like, Grits or Deep Fiends and, like, Turtle Up with your, like, Pilgrim's Eye, uh, Primal Druid, Ishkanaz. Like, sure, you have, like, some more resilient threats or whatever, but, like, you should just be Emrakuling people. Yeah. So I always felt like if my opponent did not have ground creatures, or just, like, any creatures, really, then the Amalgams and Haunted Deads were probably going to be very good. But if they did have creatures, then it's just, like, my creatures were pretty bad because they don't block like Sylvan Advocate or Tracker effectively. So it just made me feel like those are very good in matchups where you're trying to grind them out. So like any deck with Languish or whatever, but for the most part, they're just not very effective in this format. Yeah, I mean, they're they're, they're still effective. Like when you set up the, like the Deep Fiend lock, it, you can definitely close the game out faster. But I definitely agree with that point where they're pretty anemic in some of the matchups. Yeah, but it's like, you know, you could just set up the Deep Fiend lock with Madbury Shapers and be just fine you know ham sandwiches and also like i i genuinely do think the the mana is just not good so all right so general 
uh, overview of the metagame, like, where are we ranking the decks? We rank, we stack rank the black ones, but where do we put, like, Bant and the Team Merge decks in with all this stuff? I think Bant and Emerge decks are roughly equivalent in just general power level and being good, so... This is include, including Jund? I don't know. I, I mean, like, I generally do think you could just play, like, four different decks in this format and not be behind anyone else. Okay. Andrew? Uh, I definitely think Bant is the best deck right now. In a general sense, just because of, like, play skill ceiling, uh, I think the, uh, the Teamerish Emerge or Sultai Emerge decks or Four Color Emerge decks fall a little because of just how, like, mechanically challenging they are. Yep, it does not look easy. Again, I'm still I'm still looking at Oliver's deck, and I'm just like, ah, do I really want to do this? I just like I spent you know 12 rounds last weekend learning how to play Band Company. Do I really want to try that again? This is definitely one of the hardest standard formats we've had to play in a while. I don't know. It's exciting. It is pretty crazy. Like not not only like is your deck hard to play, but the vast number of bad things that your opponent can do to you, basically from any deck, is kind of crazy. Maybe I should just play like white black mono sorceries. Just can't screw it up that way. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but then you're just going to get deep fiended and be sad, so... Yeah. Oh, that is true. But not many people are playing it. Is White Black Sorcery is so weak to Emrakul. Like, have you, have you ever mind-slavered your opponent with, like, a Soren in play? It's just beautiful. I don't think I have. But oh, I have so died good. to Gideon before I get to Emrakul them, so there is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gideon is, is definitely one of the best cards in the format still. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Okay, so... This weekend, uh, Band Company, T-Merge, if you think you got the chops. Uh, if you want to play a kind of mopey, unexciting mid-range deck, well, then Black Green Delirium is right there for you. No, don't, all right, no, 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 don't, don't play Black Green. Just play Jund or Black White. I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm putting my foot down. Don't play Black Green. All right, so you could play Black Green, or you could listen to Michael. Uh, if you like your mid-range kill-all-their-stuff deck to have a little spice, then I like the Jund Delirium deck. And... Yeah, don't don't really play ramp decks. Don't really play blue red burn. Uh, Humans seems like just non-existent. Yeah, I guess don't, don't do I, not play that deck. There, I, there I, are just too many sweepers, I think. And the decks that are alive now are the decks that are resilient to sweepers. Yeah, like I mean, you can still win with just a you know a perfect curve or whatever. But I think humans is as bad as it's been in the last six months. Yeah, and then there's always cat packed and green blue crush if you wanna. Play some weird stuff. Yeah, and like, and you're capable of winning with those decks. Like, this the standard format is cool. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, this is like ten decks that are viable. Like, green white tokens is kind of a thing. Eh. There's a lot of it. It's kind of a thing. It is as much of a thing as humans or you know cat backed. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, you can still go Sylvan Advocate Nissa Gideon and kill your opponents. Like, whatever. Yeah. And the black decks have a lot of diversity. Even I think like the band decks are getting fairly diverse. I did see some band humans. Last weekend, which kind of makes sense because Lieutenant can get above K return, and I think that deck is supposed to be favored in the mirror. Should we talk about maybe how decks might open up if everyone starts moving off Jamoka's Command? Maybe we could maybe we could talk about that next week. Yeah, maybe if if the format actually like takes that adjustment and then changes as a result, we can talk about it. We're going to talk about either one of you winning the Invitational. Let's be real here. Ooh, Majors, what's your token going to be? Keep keep in mind that you can't do copywritten stuff. Oh right, like I can't do uh, like something that's like a thopter, for instance, right? Yeah, I was gonna say, for example, I can't make a thopter token, and I'm very sad. But crap, I don't know. You you put me on the spot here. I don't know. No, they, they when you top eight, they just hand you a packet with like a list of the things that you can do, <laughs> and it's just like pick one of these. Oh, uh, that's kind of like depressing. Where's where's the creativity? You know, I remember. Uh, when Tom won the first Invitational, I think, the, the first one that he won, and he was like, I want to be a poison counter, and we're on the streets of Columbus, and Brad Nelson is doing his little art directory thing. He's just like, okay, you're going to be, like, walking down this field, and <laughs> there's, there's going to be, like, this trail of decay behind you, and you're going to have, like, your hand on a tree, and the tree is going to be, like, starting to decay and stuff, and Tom's just like, I... And then Brad just like, yeah, pose here on this tree. I'm going to take a picture and then they can draw you off this. That's Is actually, that really what happened? Yeah. That's nice. Wow. That, I then, had no idea. That's pretty awesome. And then awesome. The, ne- the next one, like Tom won again. He's like, oh, I just, I really wanted the poison thing. And now I have that. So I, I guess I'll be a Soren vampire or whatever. <laughs> that was just like him wanting to be in a card that was played, right? 
and, and he got to wear the leather jacket. So yeah, which I, I totally understand. That makes sense. That, that's funny yeah. that Brad did that because that's like that's something you actually do at like game design jobs. You're like, all right, so it's gonna be dark. There's gonna be rain everywhere. Like coming up with arc descriptions is tons of fun. And uh, yeah, no, he he did that for his. He did that for like his goat token and stuff. It's just weird because I've I never seen that side of him until it came time to like make someone's token. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever heard him talk about anything like abstract in that manner ever i i have been around him and his girlfriend and his uh his girlfriend does art stuff which is selling it short likely but she's a very good artist he is very artistic yes yeah and uh she'll be talking about some stuff and brad will be like yeah you know (laughs) like and then he'll like try and help the conversation but it's clear like neither him or i have like any sort of like official artistic background or whatever so he's just like trying to join in. I'm trying to join in. We're both like failing miserably. And then it's just like time to design a token. And he's just like somehow a savant. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would yours be, Jerry? Oh, I wanted to be a thopter, but I can't make it. I wonder if I could be a knockoff thopter. Yeah, just like a flying contraption or something. Yeah, just like a topter. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a thompter with your Ooh. with your name. Get it? That's That's good. You're welcome. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think that's about it. I uh, gotta pick between these two decks. Gotta clean up majors, abs, and deck. Andrew, you playing in anything this weekend? No, there aren't any tournaments that I can legally play in. Word. I would love to play oh. an invitational, and I would love to play in a local PPTQ, but I just mm. can't. I just like Magic, but I can't play it. What's up with that? Well, one one of them you're overqualified to play in. The other one you're underqualified to play in. <laughs> I'm de- definitely underqualified to play in the, in the Invitational. Have you ever played in an Open in your life? Yeah, I played in one like four years ago in LA. Okay. Not bad. I lost. I was pretty bad. Are there any IQs that come um, to your side of town? Uh, not really. They're all I in the valley, and like I think it's pretty rare. Nobody wants mm. to go to the valley. Just nobody. Okay. Yeah, it's basically like Roanoke. It's like going to Roanoke. Oh, 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 we got to end this 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 podcast right now. This is getting yeah, out of is, hand. This is getting brutal. Well, I'm in Seattle right now, so I'm I'm in Georgia. So <laughs> okay, we're we're both just really smart. And then tomorrow <laughs> we have to go back to Roanoke. Yep. In about two hours, I'm gonna drive home. It's gonna suck, but whatever. Okay. All right. This was a lot of fun. Majors, you want to wrap it up? Dude, I'm like still kind of sick. I don't. I don't think this is a good just, idea. Just, just, just whisper. It. Just, just whisper it. it, man. No, yeah. don't. Don't strain yourself. Just whisper. That's fine. That's, that's game. Dude, that, that's just game. Yeah, that that's just that's kind of just game against them. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>